Hello and welcome to another edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. This podcast is proudly provided by Axon, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. Find out more at axontire.com. Axon was started almost 100 years ago out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. It's that same passion that drives them today. With a vision for a better experience for both farmer and dealer, they set out to create a better way to move more iron. When you partner with Axon, you get immediate access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. Axon carries all major brands and sizes of tires, wheels, and tracks. From custom colors and sizes to fully customized wheels, you can have the solution for virtually any problem today's farmer is trying to solve. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Sean Hackett. This edition of Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. And also, Arrow, if you're looking for a great place to find a great tool for your people to sell more stuff, especially if they're on the sell side of stuff, make sure you check out heyarrow.com. As normal, uh, this is our Thursday report. Sean Hackett's here to talk about what's going on out there and Sean we got a report coming out today and uh it could be it could be a a a big deal depending on what comes out so I guess talk about what you think the trade's expecting and and what you think is gonna what the USDA will come out I mean I guess it's impossible to guess what the USDA is going to come out with but I mean in your best professional opinion what you see might happen today um I, I think the general expectation is that they aren't going to change the numbers much. Uh, my suspicion is that they're going to raise the numbers a little bit more than the market's expecting. To you know, as hard, like you just said, it's impossible to know what they're going to say. But my suspicion is that they might just find a few extra bushels of old crop that the market is expecting, and you know, whether the market views that you know, there's the number, and then there's how the market trades the number. But I, I would think given how high prices have been in some of the issues with the ports and trying to get stuff, I just have a sneaky suspicion maybe they're going to say there's a few extra bushels still here than the market's anticipating. That would be our best guess. And, you know, that uh, that should be at least short-term bearish the market, at least on this particular report. That would be my expectation. Yep. All right, so yesterday... You typically ahead of a report, you, you kind of see some some selling off to kind of make some room on some balance sheets and those kind of things to to go in and back and buy, you know, whichever way it decides to go. Yesterday, the uh, the markets had a had a fairly strong close. You know, corn was up, I think six and a half. Wheat was up from the day before. Um, soybeans were up like ten or something like that. So, I mean, kind of what you saw yesterday. What what do you think's out there? What was causing those uh, those big swings? Because the day before, it was the complete opposite. Well, you know, we got hit really, really hard, um, you know, late last week and early this week. And I just think we're overall markets are in a bounce. You know, they're in a general bounce from those, those you know, that big hit that they took. Um, you know, it's kind of like, I, th- I think one day the market wakes up and they're, and they're worried about, you know, what next week's report's going to say. 
for yield. And then they wake up one day and they worry about what today's report's going to say. It's, it's kind of like the market has a very short attention span. Um, I just think yesterday, you know, the, I think demand is saying, look, we have all kinds of problems with the ch- supply chain. We're getting delayed deliveries. We just want to get our hands on some physical. And I think right now, because harvest is just getting underway, they're just not finding it that easy to get the bushels they want. And so they're bidding up the market to get those farmers to get those bushels sold right now because they're just not sure what kind of a supply chain mechanism we're going to have as we move into the winter time. And so I think yesterday's more maybe some of those buyers getting a little antsy trying to get their hands on some physical supply. Gotcha. All right, so let's jump over. Thursday's typically our uh, soft market discussion. So let's jump over and talk about that a little bit as you uh, take a look what's going on. As I get ready to take a drink of my coffee right here, let's talk about that market a little bit. There, there's a uh, – that that's really climbing. Like you talked about here a million times, there's drought situations and freezes and this, that, and the other thing, and a lot of stuff going on in the Brazilian market. I guess we'll talk about what you see happening in coffee right now. Well, let's, let's, let's take a look at coffee, sugar – and orange juice, which is the orange growth. Yeah, they're, all, they're all kind of grown in the same general area. Okay, we, have, we kind of have two things going on. We've had we have the implications for last year's historic one in one hundred year drought. We have the implications for the first frost, a double frost in twenty six years, and then we have some. So it looks like some good rains coming here in the first couple of weeks of October. So I think where we're at is the market is very worried about all the damage that the prior weather has inflicted upon those three crops. And hence the prices are up a lot, but we are going to get our first good rains of the, of the, of the next growing season. And so I think the market's on pause a little bit because there's like, okay, well, you know, rains are good, but, but, but once the rains fall, what happens after the rains will tell you a lot about the true irreversible damage that's done with these crops. So I would view like mid-October onward as a very important point in the sand for all three markets as the market assesses, okay, here are these good rains. Did they have the impact they would normally have? Or did we see a a more subdued impact to crop revitalization because the damage that was already done is more permanent in nature? So it has the potential for some explosive upside, we think, especially for the coffee market, um, because if we don't see the, the crop react the way it's supposed to, to the first good rains, then the market's going to have to internalize that this is permanent damage, and we have to price that in to the equation, which we don't believe that they are right now. I'll be going down, by the way, Casey, on a crop tour in the third week of October in central Brazil to do exactly that, to try to figure out how this is flowering going from normal, what's actually going on with, with the damage that was occurred. And so when you, when you think about how flowering goes, when you get the first rains, 10 days after the rains is when the full flowering comes out. So if you look at the October 20th to the 28th, that's exactly the week that we'll be able to see the maximum flowering potential. So could it be going down at a more perfect time to really give a on-the-boots assessment for what's going on? But if we're correct about what we think we're going to see, we think it could set up an explosive market. The other thing for coffee specifically, certified stocks on the exchange deliverable against futures contracts have dropped five days in a row 
It's the first drawdown of the season. We've lost 60,000 bags in the last five days. If we were to maintain that rate of drawdown, we would run out of certified stocks in six months. The market cannot run out of certified stocks, Casey. It, it, you cannot. You always have to have physical available for delivery. So that's something to also keep in mind that if the market is saying we are not able to get coffee elsewhere, we have to, we're going to the exchange to get it, mm-hmm. that's typically last, that's desperation. Um, so the fact that we've seen the Geiger counter move downward here in the last five days is a warning sign that we could be entering this supply scarcity phase that we've been talking about on your show here for uh, a little while. And, and um, so, so keep an eye on the certified stocks on coffee on top of how the weather plays out. And, uh, and we'll be, we'll be get, we're going to try to give some daily updates on our t- crop tour that we're going on to keep people in, in the, you know, kind of in the groove with that. Right. So, so a certified stock, is that like they've counted it and they know like for sure that's there? So the USDA... It, 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 the, so yeah, the beauty of the number, it's a transparent number. Mm-hmm. It's exact. They, they brought it in. They logged it. They know the quality. They know yeah. the amount. It's, it's real. So the it's, U- USDA is not in charge of counting that, though, right? No? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be a hard time getting that certified if it was. So it'd be, it'd yeah, be... no, the exchange takes it in. They grade it. They certify mm-hmm. it. And then they, so it's a really, really reliable number. And that's why it's such an important number. Because if it starts to, to go down, there's a problem. Yeah. Problem. Yeah. Okay. Well, that I don't want to. I don't want to have to not drink coffee. So make sure when you're down there, you count a lot of flowers so we get this coffee thing squared away. Okay. We're also we're, we're also going to try to do is try. We're going to try to go to some of the larger warehouses that are supposed to have a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and see how much is in there versus what's supposed to be in there. I think pretty telling. Yeah. Pretty telling. Absolutely. All right. Let's jump over. Talk about sugar. Sugar. They were in the the throes of sugar beet harvest here. Um, comparatively to what we had happen last year, this is a a way um, more simple, easy going harvest. You know, we don't have a lot of weather to fight against, like you've talked about here in the past. Sugar is, you know, in a good spot. Sugar beets right now in our my neck of the woods are the tons are there and the sugars there. So you've talked about you know Thailand and India, and when those when those harvests start to come online from sugar cane. Um, sugar cane down south in uh, Brazil and stuff has had its its turmoils for uh, drought and freezes and everything else that's going on there. So talk about the sugar market, and are you still of the opinion that we're going to start seeing that price drop here as the year goes on? Yeah, I mean, especially if we get these rains in October here that we think we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, sugar should respond the best versus orange versus coffee. So we think that that beneficial rain will really give the market optimism that we're not going to have a repeat of last year's drought for the sugar market at a time that, you know, we're harvesting the sugar beets in Europe, we're harvesting the sugar beets here in the US and India and Thailand are, are about to come online and sell. So it just seems to me, you know, that we're going to start to have some some oversupply in the market for a little while that's going to pressure the market. So we really haven't changed our tune on that. We think um we would be looking for a kind of a give back here in sugar into the fourth quarter. After that happens, you know, we didn't have to make another assessment, but we'd be certainly, if I'm a sugar farmer, I think cash sales right now around this 19, 20 cent area looks pretty good to us at this point in time. Right. So. Okay. 
Cotton has uh, gotten a little help here of late, but the outside markets and turmoil that we see there has got some direct correlation back to the cotton market. So as you're looking at the cotton market right now, prices are still good. We had a good good run yesterday. Um, I guess as you take a look at that cotton market, what's your thoughts there? Rumors are abound <laughs> in the coffee in the in the cotton market, and we always tell our all our customers price leads the narrative. Now everyone will tell you now that. The reason that prices are now surged over a dollar a pound, which it's only happened a few times in history, okay, mm-hmm. is because now, you know, now it's clear that the Chinese have a short crop, yep. that India has a short crop, everybody has a short crop. Um, of course, 10 cents ago, when the market was at 90 cents a couple of weeks back, everything was fine. But now that it's gone up 10 cents, everyone's trying to find an excuse as to why they didn't see the 10 cent rally coming. So you got to be really careful about news that follows a big move like this. Um, this is a pretty high price. If I'm thinking, and, and, and remember, harvest in cotton starts later than it does for corn and soybeans and wheat. Right? So, so they really haven't even turned a wheel yet or not much. So right now, the tightest supplies of old crop stocks is right now in the United States. I mean, this is when we have the least available to sell. And then, and then as harvest gets going, you know, it becomes more prevalent. That's why the typical down seasonal is from October to the to December. That's your typical down seasonal because that's when those supplies come on the market. And so we'd be pretty careful that we might be dealing with a final last gasp move higher just before the harvest gets going. We've had, and you know, people don't understand the crop in cotton can still change with weather right now, and the weather's been pretty good lately. So. We think there was a lot of shorts that had buy stops over a dollar. They said, as long as it doesn't go over a dollar, we're good. And then they took it over a dollar. And you know what happens? All those buy stop orders get triggered. So I'm kind of thinking this might be a breakout, uh, fake out kind of a trade. And so any weekly or even a daily close back below a dollar would be a major technical sell signal that the market has created one of these uh, false breakout patterns, and then you reverse back down into some kind of a, a mini crash market. We'd be, we think the odds favor that happening. So if I'm a farmer and I got this harvest, I'm ready to get things going. And I got it over a dollar a pound uh, for my U S cotton price. I sure I'm going to make some cash sales, Casey. I'm going to make some of those cash sales. I, you know, could always go higher, but I think, I think this is a fake rally. I think the market's just getting way, way over enamored with rumor versus fact. Yeah. So that never happens though. So never, yeah, never, 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 never. Get, never happens at all. You know, logic always yeah. prevails in futures markets. Every single day. <laughs> all right. All right. Last but not least, let's talk about the dairy market here a little bit. Um, it's been bouncing around that 16 to 17 range kind of, all over the place, but it's it's really on the latter half of that 16, 16 range. So I guess as you take a look, what's going on there? Um, what are your thoughts on the dairy market and and with the drop that we've seen so far and the hay the hay availability that we have in some of these areas? Uh, it's getting tougher and tougher to find feed. So I guess what are your what's your thoughts about the dairy market and do we see some liquidation coming down the road here? 
Well, right now we're wildly bullish to build price. Okay. Um, we got a smart money algorithm buy signal in our proprietary capital flows indicator for the first time in over a year, about a month ago. And if you look at class four price, class four prices have already rallied from 1558 into the mid 17s. That's a nice move for, for class four. Class three, you know, we've had a big, uh, we're starting to get, we had a nice day yesterday. We've moved up almost a dollar off the lows and we, we saw production finally coming down, like crashing now, because remember out West with the high fee price, mm -hmm. with all the other things going on, I mean, they've been losing dollars, dollars with an S for months now. And they're finally throwing their hands up and saying, and, and another thing, getting back, getting to your herd liquidation idea, you know, we saw the herd uh, contract for the first time in over a year. So the, the, the wheels are, changing and shifting into a much more bullish pattern. And also, you, know, you have to remember something. Milk's a protein food, right? Butter, cheese, mm -hmm. milk powder. And so you have you know, unbelievably high pork prices in the U.S., unbelievably high beef prices in the U.S., unbelievably high chicken prices. We were just looking at turkey prices yesterday. I think they're at all-time highs. And so, you know, and yet the, the, protein, the, the dairy protein price relative to those is cheap. Now, of course, you know, eating cheese is not like eating steak, but nonetheless, it's still protein. And, and when you're on the edge with your budget and you're looking, how can I give, give my family some protein? Dairy is going to be increasing in your, uh, on, your laun on your laundry list of things you're going to be buying and feeding your family. And, and so we really like the, uh, what's going on. The other thing is that the milk price in China is still at all-time record highs, meaning the milk shortage is still extreme there. And... So what are they going to be doing? They're going to be buying milk powder like crazy to fill their shortage, to fill their protein problem there. And so we really like the market here a lot. We think it's the market. It topped out first. It bottomed first. And we think it's the market that's going to start to rally first where other markets may take a little longer. But, you know, if I'm a producer, you know, I'd be kind of, I would be very shy at trying to make aggressive cash sales right now. We don't. We think the time to make cash sales will be further out in the fourth quarter before you know, we think that would be the right time to do. If you're the buyer, if you're a processor and you're looking to, you know, you're a buyer of this kind of stuff, I think I'd be getting a little aggressive on the buy side. I think we could, this, I think this rally is getting ahead of steam. Um, you know, it can go on here for a little while. And so, uh, so we're pretty constructive and it's a good thing. We need at least $19 class fourth and class three combined for most areas to at least pay their bills and give themselves, uh, give themselves a, a salary, right. you know, and that's, uh, you know, we're not quite there yet, but, but we, we need better prices. And so until we get there, I think the market's going to be searching for that place that balances off the, the U S dairy market. So right on. Well, good stuff as usual, Sean. Folks want to reach out to you, get more information about what you're doing at Hackett Financial. What's the best way to do that? Uh, the website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. Um, like I said, we've got all kinds of white papers and interviews with you and others. Um, and uh, you know, be on the lookout for our crop tour. It's something we're excited about. And uh, if anyone interested in coffee or the coffee market at all, um, it's a really, really uh, important time to figure out what's really going on, on the ground because, like we said, markets are not always rational, and you know we want to make sure we understand the truth because if we're correct about what might be going on down there, any um, bearer speculation may be an opportunity.
So that's why we're going to get, get you know, try to get our hands around the truth. So, so hopefully any and all of that might be a value to your listeners. Right on. Well, I am Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure to check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you'll find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast, as well as any blogs I have posted will show up there. Also, go to movingironllc.com for everything Moving Iron related. Uh, here, probably the next 30 days, I'll announce the Moving Iron Summit coming up here for 2022. And uh, I lost track of time there, Sean. 2022. <laughs> um, and, and you'll we'll see we'll see where that's going to be at and, and start getting some some speakers and stuff lined out. So, Sean, appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you, Casey. Always a pleasure. Look forward to doing it again next week. Right on, man. So. Well, with that, I'm Casey Seymour. And with Sean Hackett, let's go move some iron, folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. In the 21st century Hardworking people Working hard for you and me Moving higher Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving higher